Hey there and welcome to Soul Church. Our prayer is that this message encourages you wherever you may be in life. You know, we've been hearing so many stories about what God is doing in people's lives and we'd love to hear yours. So take a second and send your story to stories at soulchurch.com. Thanks again for joining us today and we hope that you enjoy the message. God bless. All right, who's ready for the word of God? I'm going to challenge us today. Is that okay? Okay. In life, you never grow in comfort. You grow in discomfort. It's in the seasons of discomfort in marriage that you grow. It's in the seasons of discomfort in your finances you grow. Whenever you're sick, it's when you learn more about yourself. So today, it'll be a little bit uncomfortable, but in it, I believe we're going to grow. Now, before we start, I want to ask us a question. Who likes to please others? Who's a people pleaser? I'm a bit of a people pleaser. Come on, just have an honest moment. Who's like, oh, I don't care, just whatever. Well, to please your spouse, well, to please my spouse, if I do the cleaning and the dishes, my wife's love language is clean and tidy, okay? So to please Chantel, clean and tidy. To please my kids, they love theme parks, okay? Kids, Pleasurewood Hills, go see Woody. It's a big day out for them, okay? To please your boss, maybe you work some extra hours. Maybe to please your parents, all of the young adults in the room get home before midnight. Every parent say thank you for saying that. To please your pastor, please come to church on time. (laughs) That's tongue in cheek, but that's true. But God is completed in a very different way. God's not impressed with how you dress for church this morning or well done for being dressed. He's not impressed with necessarily how we speak, how we sing, our grades at college or university. I would encourage all of you to study hard and work hard and get the best grades possible. Hebrews 11 verse 6 is probably one of the most challenging verses in the whole of the 800,000 words in Scripture. Because it says this, without faith, it's impossible to please God. So we thought showing up to church on time this morning, tick in God's book. And he's like, doesn't impress me. We thought buying someone a coffee was impressing God. And let me tell you, he likes all those things. He likes you to be on time. He likes, but it says to please God, it requires one thing, faith. Now, I definitely want to do my best to please my wife, my kids, my staff, but to please God is going to take something very different. Faith. We're in this faith season for half the house, and you've heard me say this before, but what is faith? If If you're new to church, if you're new to kind of this environment, what is faith? Well, a simple explanation is seeing your life from God's perspective. Seeing your business from God's perspective, seeing your health, your children, seeing your life from his perspective. In Mark chapter 11, verse 12, I'm going to read it in a moment, but Jesus and the disciples, they're having a walk together one afternoon. And suddenly Jesus does something very odd. He starts talking to a tree. Who thinks it's a little strange? Okay, now occasionally, I'll be honest, I do like talking to strangers, Anyone else like talking to strangers? We are. I, I, no, if you put your hand up there, I know that's for real. Go on, where's all the stranger talkers? I just like talking, sitting in an airport, I just like sparking up a conversation. Um, and, uh, it, and if someone's famous, I really like to try and talk to them. <laughs> I turned 30 three years ago. 
And when I was... <laughs> joking. I turned 30 nearly 14 years ago. And, uh, no, nearly 15 years ago. I forgot that year again, haven't I? Nearly 15 years ago, and my, my, my wife said to me, on the morning of my 30th birthday, we lived in Cape Town, South Africa, she goes, I'm taking you for a special dinner tonight, and there's a special guest coming. I thought, I like that. I said, where are we going, and who's coming? She said, I'll tell you where we're going, but I'm not going to tell you who's coming. I said, where are we going? She said, we are going to the one and only hotel in Cape Town. We're going to Gordon Ramsay's restaurant. She said, we haven't got enough money for a mains. We're having a starter. Now, if you've ever been to one of these posh nosh places, okay, the plates are normally bigger and the portions are normally smaller. Who knows what I'm talking about? And apparently it's not about being full, it's about the texture and the taste. I'm like, forget that, get me to Cosmos, okay? I want, I'm a man, I just want to eat a full meal, don't, you know. She said, honestly, John, she said, I've, I managed to squeeze us in to the one and only. She says, but we haven't got enough. And I was like, Chantel, a night with you is perfect. Hey? So, I, so we walk in, I said, Chantel, who's the special guest at my birthday? She looked at me, she said, it's David Beckham. <laughs> True story. I said, David Beckham, how have you pulled? She said, well, she said, he's not really here at your birthday party. <laughs> she said, my friend works in the restaurant and he shouldn't have done, but he let me know that David had booked a table. And so I asked him, could you book a table next to David Beckham's table? True story. So I walk in and David Beckham is at dinner with a couple of, couple of friends. And for the whole night, I'm meant to be looking at my wife and I am looking right there at David Beckham all night. And the, the thing. Anyway, why am I telling that? I really don't know. But sometimes we have conversations and I never even had a chat with him because I lost all my confidence, but he was there. So I tried to speak to David Beckham. My wife had a conversation with Richard Gere when we were in Cape Town. She, she had the confidence. She walked up to him and started talking, but that's, for, that's her story. But she, she enjoyed that one, let me tell you. <laughs> but I have, never had, I have never had a conversation with a tree. Has anyone else ever just sort of thought, I'm going to wake up? Well, Jesus speaks, the Bible says, to a tree. In Mark chapter 11, it says, The next day as they were leaving Bethany, this is Jesus and the disciples, Jesus was hungry. Seeing in the distance a fig tree in leaf, he went to find out if it had any fruit. When he reached it, he found nothing but leaves because it was not the season for figs. Then he said to the tree, weird, he said to the tree, no one must ever eat fruit from you again, as his disciples heard him say it. I think they were just double checking they'd heard what he said was right. That, just that line in scripture is a bit odd. There we go. What do we know from this story? We know that Jesus was walking with his disciples from Bethany to Jerusalem, approximately one and a half miles. The disciples and Jesus are hungry, maybe hangry. And we know that if a fig tree is in blossom, it's meant to have fruit. If it has leaves, it should have fruit hiding behind those leaves. And there's a malfunction in the story in the tree. Because Jesus, he speaks to the tree. In fact, he doesn't just speak to it, the Bible says, he curses the tree. This is strong language. Up until this point, Jesus has been a storm calmer. He has been a compassionate healer. He has been a crowd feeler. And now he is a tree killer. 
If you're a tree lover, this isn't a great start. The disciples must have been wondering what had gotten into Jesus. Why is he speaking to a tree? Why is he cursing a tree? What, has, what is going on? Maybe Jesus was just human after all. Maybe Jesus was having a bad day. Has anyone else had a bad day? Maybe Jesus was just having a tough time. In fact, this is only one of two times in the whole of Jesus' life we see him getting upset. We see it once in the temple when he turns over the tables because they were using the temple for money exchanging instead of prayer. And then we see this second burst of emotion as he curses a tree. The story stops, then it goes on to another story, and then we pick it up again. In verse 20, it says, The next day in the morning, as they went along, they saw the fig tree withered at the roots. Peter remembered and said to Jesus, Rabbi, look, the fig tree you cursed has withered. Have faith in God, Jesus answers. Truly, I tell you, if anyone says to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in their hearts but believes what they say will happen, it will be done for them. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you've received it, and he will be yours. Jesus speaks to the fig tree and nothing happens. For the first time, the disciples must have been questioning Jesus' authority. Had he missed it this time? This is the first time Jesus speaks to something or someone and nothing happens. Jesus speaks to the storm and it immediately stops. Jesus speaks to some loaves and fishes and it multiplies. Jesus speaks to Lazarus and he comes back to life. Jesus speaks to the lepers and they're instantly healed. Jesus speaks to the water and it turns into wine. Jesus speaks to a tree and nothing. Nothing. So the disciples must have been questioning Jesus at this moment. It's hard to find a miracle in scripture that wasn't instant. Jesus was teaching them and he was teaching us a valuable lesson in Mark's gospel and this is the lesson. Even though it looked like nothing was happening, something was happening. I'll say that again. Even though it looks like nothing is happening in your life, something is happening. When Jesus speaks, there's always something happening. There was something happening in the root system of that tree that the disciples could not see that they were going to see later. There is something happening in your life right now that you cannot see, but it will happen. Has anyone ever prayed for something and seemingly nothing has happened? If you were looking on the external... Of this story, this would be a lost prayer. Faith was making a blind bit of difference to this tree. But the moment Jesus spoke, something was happening. The moment we declared five or six years ago that this building will be paid in full, something was activated in the spiritual. The moment you begin to speak, there is something happening in the invisible which will one day be shown in the visible. But you have to activate it by speaking in faith. The moment Jesus spoke, a miracle process began. What is Jesus trying to teach his disciples and us today? That often miracles are a process. Happy meals are instant. Amazon Prime is instant. 
your coffee is instant, but faith isn't. Faith is not only a prayer, faith is a process. Often we think if we pray a faith-filled prayer, it will get us there, and it's the start. But faith is a process, not just a prayer. Jesus teaches us through this simple story how we grow, how we wake up our faith. There is a difference between where you are and where you want to be. It is called faith. Faith. And it's amazing how quickly faith can go to sleep. On Sunday night, I left full of faith from this building, okay? We had an incredible day last Sunday, and the services were faith-filled, and the worship. Tell you what, come 12 o'clock on Monday morning, my faith was trying to take a nap. Does anyone else know what I'm talking about? Because when faith goes to sleep, fear wakes up. Or when fear wakes up, faith goes to sleep. And so I want to talk this morning on wake up your faith. This isn't just a one-off message, but daily we need to wake up our faith. Because Monday we kind of lose it a little, and Tuesday we start faith snoozing and allowing the enemy's radio to come on. And come Saturday, Fear FM is blasting through our college, blasting through our school, blasting through our minds, and we've allowed fear to wake up in our lives. But I want to encourage us in this half the house season to wake up your faith. We've got a daily make it decision to wake up our faith. Fear puts faith to sleep. That's why I said you've got to be careful how much we indulge right now of the media, social media, Sky, the BBC, Fox News, whatever you watch, whatever your thing is, you've got to be careful we do not overindulge because it will put faith to sleep. Now this story was simply teaching the disciples to wake up their faith. I want to share just real quickly, and then we're going to pray for people. I'm going to invite people to come forward this morning. We're going to lay hands on people. We're going to pray for people. We're going to believe God for turnaround in people's situations as we wake up our faith. But Jesus teaches us through this simple story, three instructions, how to wake up our faith. Number one is this. Faith is hearing overseeing. Verse 14, he said to the tree, no one ever eat fruit from you again. And the disciples heard him say it. They heard him. The disciples, they can see the problem, the issue, but Jesus teaches them it is not about what we see, it is about what we say. Faith begins by hearing. Romans 10, 17, so faith comes by hearing and hearing from the word of God. So I encourage us as a church, don't just read your Bible, speak out your Bible. Speak out your Bible. Your mind needs to hear the Word of God. Don't just read it and meditate on it. Declare it out. Speak it by faith. There's a difference between encouragement and faith. When I ran the 7 and 7 a few years ago, I got a running coach, Neil, and I went to see him with my friend, Lewis, and we sat down in the office, and we, we shared with him the vision for seven marathons in seven days. And he looked at me, and he said, of course you can do it. That's all he said. Of course you can do it. He said, if you're diligent, if you train, eat the right things, take the right steps. He goes, of course you could do it. He said, most people could do that if you're diligent. That was encouragement. I walked out of there so encouraged, thinking, wow, he's got my back. We can do this. But God's word doesn't just bring encouragement. It brings faith. There are many times in life, okay, we need encouragement. Many times in life, but daily you need faith. Yeah. 
daily you need faith. Some of you are looking from others from what you can only get in God's word. You cannot get faith from a friend. You can only get faith from God's word. So when people say, I've lost my faith, I'm saying, well, have you read your word? Well, no, no, I come to church. No, no, no. Have you read God's word? Are you speaking God's word? Are you declaring God's word? You've got to speak it because when you speak it, you hear it. And when you hear it, faith comes alive in your soul. I can pat you on your back and tell you're going to make it and you're a good guy and all the things you love to hear, that's encouragement and we all need it. But if you want to grow in your faith, you have to read your Bible. You have to dust it down, shake off the dust, open it and begin to speak it and begin to read it. I said to Chantel a few weeks ago, I said, I wonder what happened if every Everyone in Soul Church read their Bible this week. Can you imagine how different church would be if we didn't come here expecting a bit of encouragement and a bit of faith? And what have you got, John, for us this week? But we came ready, full of faith, because faith came by hearing on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Friday and Saturday, and we came expecting God to move because faith comes by hearing and hearing from the Word of God. It's not just what you see, it's what you hear that makes a difference. Jesus spoke to the tree, but nothing changed. In Matthew chapter 4, verse 4, Jesus is being tempted on a mountain by the enemy. Jesus speaks to the devil and he says this, Man shall not live by bread alone. Bread is what you can see, bread is what you can smell. He said, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. You cannot live on church alone. You cannot live on the Bible app alone. You cannot live on Stephen Furtick's podcast alone. You have to live on every word which comes out of the mouth of God, living alive and active to every person in this room. You gotta speak to your situation. What you see and what you say needs to be different. My daughter was five years old. We used to have daddy-daughter dates, and I always used to say to her on a Monday, I said, where, where would you like to go? And, you know, she said, maybe go to a park or the dinosaur park. And this day she said, Daddy, I want to go to the woods, and I want to see a squirrel. I said, well, we can definitely go to the woods, but I cannot guarantee you a squirrel. And she said, well, we need to pray, Daddy, that I'll see a squirrel. Now, my faith is being tested. So we, we, I said, dear Lord... There's a lot on the line here. She's five. We need to see a squirrel. So we're in the woods for half an hour, no squirrel. And Miracle, she probably can't remember this, but she said to me, she said, Daddy, when is God sending the squirrel? I said, that is a very good question. (laughs) You know, she had faith. I didn't have faith. She had faith that on the daddy-door date, we'd see a squirrel. Moments later, this beautiful squirrel ran out of the hedge, up the tree, and she went, she went, see, Daddy? <laughs> you know, sometimes you need just an, a little bit of faith. The question is this, what's your squirrel? What's the thing you're not seeing in your life right now, but you've got to start confessing? What's your squirrel? Because we've all got squirrels in our lives, we've all got things that we're desperate to see, and we can have faith as a child. Daddy, we're going to see a squirrel. Or we can just be like, oh, it's the wrong time of year. I'll never get married, I'm too old. I'll never buy our own house on my salary. You can speak yourself 
into the situation. You can speak yourself into fear, you can speak yourself into worry, or you can speak yourself through God's word into a position of faith. You gotta speak God's word over your situation. You know when I'm afraid, and I feel fear like you do, I always declare Psalm 23, yea though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. That's my go-to when I feel afraid. When I feel stressed, and yesterday I felt stressed, if you are an England supporter, you need to feel stressed. <laughs> an English Norwich supporter. Whenever I feel stressed, come to me. Jesus said this, come to me. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Wow. Isn't this beautiful? When I'm struggling with my finances, I remind myself that my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. When I'm sick, as Melody read this morning so beautifully, praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Forgives all your sins and heals all, all my disease. You know, when I start to read these verses out, there's even a change in the atmosphere in this room since when you walked in. And I'm telling you, your situation has not changed, but your faith has. And when your faith changes, it gets to work in the root system, the belief system of your life. It works in the root system of the tree, of the situation. And so Jesus, he didn't want the tree to change immediately because he wanted to show the disciples that often faith is a process, not an instant moment. Faith is a process, and some of you, you are in the process, and the first step is this. We've got we've to speak it. Faith is hearing over seeing. This is how you stay up in a down world. Our world is down right now. How do you stay up? By hearing God's word. You cannot live up if your Bible is down. Someone needs to hear this. You cannot live up if your Bible is down. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Come on, I'm preaching myself strong today. You gotta speak to yourself. You gotta speak faith into your family, faith into your situation, faith into your finances. Do not allow fear to, be, to, to take refuge in your home. Number two, faith is going over knowing. Hearing over seeing, and then going over knowing. It says in response, Jesus said to it, let no one eat from the fruit of you ever again. His disciples heard him say, it says, then they came, then they left to Jerusalem. This is interesting because they hear Jesus speak, and secondly, they take off. They leave without knowing the outcome. Now, it's not just enough to speak God's word. That's step one. We have to take a step of faith. They left the tree not knowing the outcome. We go without the no. Heart for the house next week is going without knowing. We're trusting God. We're sowing seed and saying, God, I'm going to trust you with what you have placed in my hand. It's to go without the no. So the question is this, how is God calling you to go without the no? The disciples and Jesus, they left the tree without knowing the outcome. This isn't a new, this isn't a new formula. We see in Hebrews chapter 11, when, God just, when the, the, the writer of Hebrews talks about Abraham, it says it was by faith that Abraham obeyed. So faith 
which came from the word of God. God called him to leave home and go to another land that God would give him his inheritance. Look at this. He went without knowing. This is faith. To go without knowing. I don't know about you, but I want the details. Line up the ducks and I'll follow. Anyone else? God says, forget the ducks. You just keep walking forward. You, if God calls you to the mission field, if God calls you to start a church, if God calls you to plant a seed, if God calls you to a different nation, a new career path, a new job, God is saying, I know you want all the details, but I can't give you the details. All I want you to do is make a step forward in the right direction. John, I'll go when I know. I'll give when I have enough money. You'll never have enough money to give. I meet a lot of wealthy people. I've met a lot of wealthy people over the last two years because I've been, I've been asking them some questions. <laughs> and they don't give because their mindset is this, I'll give when I have enough money, but when's enough? When is enough to give? When do you have enough money to give? The question is you'll never have enough money to give until you give. You'll never have enough money to give in half the house until you let go. And it's when you give and when you go without the no that God says, this is faith. I'll serve when it makes sense. Friend, none of it will. Often faith and common sense are enemies. We started this new building, broke ground two years ago. And uh, we were moving forward. Probably we didn't have 80% of of the money which we would have needed. But we went, what can we do? We can lay the foundations of this building. We can order the steel. It's a first step. I wonder what you can do in life right now to take a first step in stretching your faith. I wonder where you've got comfortable. I wonder where there's a lapse in your faith, where your faith's gone to sleep. And this message today is as uncomfortable as it is. God is saying, first of all, I want you to speak by faith, and then I want you to walk by faith. I want you to go without knowing. Going without knowing pleases God. This church will always be a going without knowing church. As I said, I've got more vision than ever before about what God's called Chantal and I to to, to bring to Norwich and to to this region. But we've got to keep going without knowing. For some of you, God is calling you to start a business. God is calling you out of comfort. God is calling you to step out of what you're doing, yet you're waiting for everything to line up. It will never line up. It will only start lining up when you step out. And when you begin to step out, God begins to step in and begins to add the details to your life. The Bible is full of stories of going without knowing. A little boy goes to Jesus and says, here's my lunch. Going with knowing that he might not have his lunch. Noah builds an ark, going without knowing. David to fight Goliath, going without knowing. But the question is this, what is the faith step that God is calling you and I to this week. I want to encourage you, faith is spelled R-I-S-K. I'll say that again, faith is spelled R-I-S-K. There's no story for a boat if it's left in the harbor. When the boat leaves the harbor, it begins the adventure. For some of you, your boat needs to leave the harbor. And you need to do what God has called you to do, what God has built you for. We've got to go in faith and take a risk. Go in faith and speak to your bank manager. Go and ask that girl out on a date. You keep trying to sit next to her in church as near as possible. Go and ask her out. Well, I'm not sure she'd say yes. You'll never know till you ask her. 
Go in faith and put your house up for sale. Go without the no. It's called a life in faith of following Jesus. It's an adventure. Faith is hearing, overseeing as the team come up. Number two, faith is going over knowing. And number three, finally, is this faith is waiting over worrying. We hear, we go, we wait. The disciples, they had to wait. They left that fig tree without any change. Maybe they're thinking, has Jesus lost his touch? Jesus was simply teaching them this important lesson of waiting. Can I just say this, that not all situations change immediately. There are certain situations that we're believing God and we want them to change, but not all situations change immediately. Faith requires trust. You know, last week, for a whole year, I was waiting for some match funding for for the house. A whole year. Nothing. I knocked on every door imaginable to try and get some match funding because match funding is a miraculous. For every pound we give, someone matches it. I mean, it's a miracle. It's the best way to encourage people. You think, man, I, I give a thousand pounds, it becomes two thousand pounds. And so for a whole year, I'm pushing, I'm in America, I'm trying to meet people, hustle and do everything for our church. And then all of a sudden, the Saturday of last week, things change. Waiting for a whole year for something to change. Nothing. And God moves miraculously on someone's heart. God can move in your situation instantly. Or maybe there's a process of you putting your trust in Him. If your prayer hasn't been answered, you're in a room called God's waiting room. I don't like waiting rooms because I'm not patient. Anyone else know what a waiting room's like? You go to hospital and the worst thing is you sit in that room waiting to see a doctor. Most of us have a gap in our lives where we want to be and where we actually are. And it's a waiting room. You know when you go on the tube in London, You hear that famous gentleman's voice, mind the gap, mind the gap. Sometimes I think sometimes that's God speaking to me because gaps are dangerous places. Because it's easy at the start when God gives you a dream for your life or gives you a promise or gives you, it was easy when we put a glossy brochure together to say we're gonna build a new church and it will be very easy on the 2nd of March when we walk in for the first time. Oh, those two things are easy. But what happens in the middle? As Jake Humphrey spoke about when he did his interview here, what happens in the messy middle? What happens in the messy middle? Because more people leave church in the middle than they do at the start or the end. Because they lose faith. Worry wakes up, fear wakes up, and fear goes to sleep. But today you've come out to church and the message is simply this, we've got to wake up our faith. In the seasons where God goes quiet, it's not what we do at the start, it's not what we do at the end, it's how we handle the middle. I want to just invite Chantelle up quickly. She's going to just quickly share a quick story because God did something in her life today and she shared it in the first, come on, come on. She shared it in the first service. And I just wanted her to share well, this as part of this message. Come on, Chantelle. Yeah, well, John, just, I mentioned it to our team earlier this morning because I thought actually oftentimes we say when we're sick and we're say, we say when we're down and when we're low to a yes. lot of people, but when we're healed from those things, we don't often just declare it straight away. And so this morning I was challenged by that. And 
for about a week now. Um, we went to a conference last weekend about, um, about detox and helping people be set free from addictions and what we can partner with as a church to help people become free. And I, I woke up that morning and all of a sudden my, my neck and my back was just like stiff and in pain and not working. So I just was like, wow, this is, I can't, like I'm getting migraines. I couldn't really handle it. And so I just kept living with it going, oh man, this is a bother. You know, sometimes just like, oh, it's so annoying. Like, why can't I just wake up and it's fine? And so pretty much for about a week now, I've just been dealing with it and struggling. It's hard to even exercise and do things that I'd really love to do. Felt really tired, really exhausted. And this, this morning I just woke up and I was like, you know what, I'm, I'm so used to praying for everybody else and believing for everybody else's miracle. And trust me, Come we on. won't stop that. But I felt the Holy Spirit say, Chantel, get on your knees before me. Because in James we read and it says, submit yourself to God. Yes. <laughs> just just come under his mission. Submit everything, every worry, every fear, every anxiety, every pain, every illness. Just submit yourself to God. Resist the devil and he will flee. Yes. And I literally just said, God, I put my hand on my, on my neck and my back. I said, heal me. And I literally, I literally st I stood up and the pain had just gone early this morning. It just left. Amazing. And I'm not saying that to boast about anything that I've just done. I'm just saying the moment that we take our eyes and our, fo our focus off of just these moments and put our focus on attention on God and what he's able to do and who he is in a moment, things can change. Amen. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. So we're going to make a decision. What do we do in the waiting room? Do not walk out of the waiting room. Do not walk out of the waiting room. Do not waste the waiting time. This is an opportunity to put our trust in Him and our roots deeper. Isaiah said, but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Some of us, this waiting time, don't let it be wasted time. Put your roots down deeper in Him. Put your trust in Him. Put your, put your time into Him. Often there's times where God goes silent in this season. God might be silent in your season, but he is never absent. He is never absent. He is an ever-present help in time of need. And so this is my confidence. This is my confidence. How do I see my life from God's perspective? By speaking God's word, by going without knowing, and by waiting over worrying. If you're saying today, John, I need to wake up my faith. I want you to lift up your hand. Say, my faith. I need to wake up my faith. Come on. Step out of your seat. Come down the front. If you need to wake up your faith, I want you just to stand. Everyone stand together. I'm not here to embarrass people, but this week I had to put this into practice. If you're saying fear has put my faith to sleep, I've been in this dormant pattern. I just can't break out of it. Today, I believe as we wait upon the Lord, God is going to renew our strength. I'm believing today that as we begin to speak God's word, faith is hearing over knowing. Faith is going. Even as you step out of your seat, you are going without knowing. You are stepping out in faith. Today, as we go, as we wait, we're waiting over worrying. In Jesus' name, you come today. You come. Don't allow fear to keep you in your seat. You step out. You step out. You're going to wake up your faith today. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's declare this out. I want to speak God's word into the atmosphere, into your heart right now. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not unto your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge Him, and He shall make your paths 
straight. Truly, I say to you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from there to here, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible to you. For in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed, a righteousness that is by faith from first to last. Just as it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. We live by faith. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I really feel there's, a certain, there's at least a handful of people that God's called you to go, and you've almost, you've almost just refused because it's too scary. It's too big. It's. That could be anything from starting a business, sowing a seed, doing something significant, and you, you've stopped doing it because you don't have the details. And God is saying today, look, God is in the details. All He wants you to do is make the first step. That could be to, to go on a mission. It could be to do something, but you've, you're kind of waiting for all the ducks to line up. And God is saying, do away with the ducks. Do away with all the detail because I'm in the detail I just need you to move and once you make the first move things are start going to be coming clearer in your life where's that you're just saying I've, I've just been kind of stopping thank you thank you anyone else saying thank you thank you thank you good on you you got to go without the note father you see every hand sometimes we get in a way we get in the way of what you want to do through us and so today we make a decision to get out of the way and allow your spirit to flow through our lives because you want to do miracles but it starts with us taking a step so we take that step today knowing that you will not fail us we go without the no just as Abraham he went without knowing but he went trusting so we release fresh vision and dreams over people as they go. We release finances. We release resources. We release team and staff and blessing over them as they take a step forward in Jesus' name. Finally, I want to pray. You, you say, John, today I'm in God's waiting room. I've been speaking it out. I've taken steps, but nothing's changing. Today, God is saying, this is, you're in my waiting room. You've just got to mind the gap. Don't, don't lose faith. Don't lose heart in this season. So many times in this project, I feel like, is this ever going to happen? You just keep taking a step forward. Keep trusting God, and it will come to pass. Where, if you're in God's waiting room, just put up your hand. You're in God's waiting room. Father, you see every hand in that waiting room. Lord, sometimes waiting rooms can be lonely places. They can be places where the enemy can try and get in our minds and cause us to worry and fear. But Father, we put our trust in you again. And we will not waste waiting time. We thank you. We thank you that you're with us and you'll never leave us and you'll never forsake us. In Jesus' name. Lord, I pray this week that our faith would stay awake. Lord, we would wake up our faith tomorrow morning. The first thing on our lips will be your words. 
Lord, and our faith as we come back into your house next Sunday, Lord, it would be a new atmosphere. It would be an atmosphere of faith from the start because your people have been in your word, speaking and declaring the goodness of God in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Come on, let's give God some praise. One more prayer, if you've never made a decision to follow Jesus as your personal saviour, this moment in the service is for you. If you came to church today, it's your first time, or a friend brought you along, or you're watching online, you tuned in from different city, different part of the world, we wanna say, so great to have you with us, but this is, this is a really, really, it's a holy moment. This is where we get to make our peace with God. Maybe you've tried so many things in life to try and find peace, but everything seems to let you down because material things let you down, even people let you down, even family let you down. But Jesus will never let you down. When I was 12 years old, I made a decision to follow Jesus. Was it an easy decision? I'll tell you what, it wasn't too bad at 12. But has it been easy following Jesus? No. Because life throws curveballs. Things come, but I'm telling you, I would not want to go through this life, especially right now, follow it without Jesus in my life. We need a saviour. We all need a saviour. If politics could save the world, Jesus would have come as a politician. But they can't. That's why we're in the mess we're in. He came as a saviour. And the only thing that can change this world is our Lord and saviour, Jesus Christ. So I want to give every one of you an opportunity. We never close any of our services, children, young people, young adults, adult services, without giving people an opportunity to meet Jesus because He can truly change your life. He can change your life from this day forward. Don't put it off. Don't say, I need to get a bit more information. Give it a try. It's like going without knowing, but putting your trust in Him. So I'm going to keep this really simple. Those online, those in the room, I'm going to count to three. You say, John, I want to follow Jesus today. I don't get it all. I don't understand it all, but I want to give Jesus a chance to make a change in my life. From the front to the back, to the left or the back, to the right. One, two, three. Just slip up your hand and say, John, pray for me. I want to receive Jesus as my personal Savior. God bless you. 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 God bless you, sir. Amazing. Anyone else? God bless you. Beautiful. Many, many hands going up this morning. That's why we do what we do so people find Jesus. So we're going to say this prayer out loud as a church family together. Dear Lord Jesus, thank you for dying for me to forgive all my sin and failures so that I can have a brand new start. Please come into my life and help me by the power of the Holy Spirit to trust and to live for you. Amen. Amen. Let's congratulate everyone that prayer. If you're watching online, please just indicate us, let us know, give us a wave. Just write in the chat, you said that prayer. But if you're in the room, our team will be out in the atrium afterwards. We want to give you a gift from our church. It's a Bible, Mark's Gospel. Please take that. Even if you didn't lift up your hand, but you said that prayer, please take a Bible and give you some next steps from here to help you really move forward in your faith. But that was a great decision that you made today. Amen. 
Thanks again for tuning in. And if you said the salvation prayer today, we'd love for you to email connecttofaith at soulchurch.com so we can talk to you a little bit more about this incredible decision that you've just made. Yeah, you know, and if at any point in the service you felt moved to give towards any of our local or global initiatives, then head to soulchurch.com and click on the giving at the top of the page. Thanks again for joining us today. And we hope to see you again soon. God bless.